Welcome to 143 Pixels. I'm Bill, and we're here to talk about games we love. Each episode, I bring a friend, and that friend brings a game. This week, my friend is Bally, and the game that he brought is The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. Bally is one half of a very long-running bi-weekly podcast about Nintendo. I don't actually know him. I've never met him. And this is actually the first time that we've talked is during the recording of this episode. His show is a podcast that I've been listening to since before they changed the name of it. It used to be called Now You're Playing With Power. That's back in episode 30-something. They changed the name over to This Nintendo Life. It is one of the most consistently awesome Nintendo podcasts that I've ever listened to. And Bally's conversational style is one of the reasons that I love the show so much. It's extremely laid back and relaxed, which is a welcome change of pace uh, to where most of the time everybody's always shouting into their microphones, myself included. I count myself among those shouters and yellers. Um, You can find him on Twitter at Ballyman91, and uh, you can find his podcast, which is released every two weeks. Uh, wherever podcasts are downloaded. The show has been, like, I think they're on episode 160, which is pretty crazy because, like I said before, it is a bi-weekly show. So every two weeks, they come out with an episode. And for them to do that consistently, that means that they've been doing it for six years now, I think, which is awesome. Uh, It's a really, really good show, and you should absolutely check it out. Now that you know more about my guest, I want to give you a little bit of background about the game. But first, here's a commercial from when the game uh, Wind Waker launched back in 2003. In the land of Hyrule, there echoes a legend. A legend held dearly by the royal family that tells of a boy who became a man. He embarked on a great journey to the deepest, darkest corners of the earth, battling the forces of evil, testing the limits of his will, all to fulfill his destiny, which is above all else. To save me. Hey everybody, Bill here. I want to take a minute and talk about my process for making 143 pixels. It is a seasonal show, which means basically what I do is I, I do all of the interviews. And then I do a bunch of research, and then I do a bunch of uh, recording, and then I do a bunch of editing. And this takes a whole bunch of time. So what usually happens is I will get 10 episodes completely finished, and then I will start releasing them. Some people may not want to wait for me to finish a full season before I start releasing it. And I've got good news for you. I recently, and honestly, I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but I recently uh, made an early access tier on the Patreon, which you can find over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. And if you join at the early access tier, then as soon as I finish an episode of 143 pixels, I post it 
and you get to listen to it like right away. You get your own RSS feed that is just for you. And I upload the podcasts as soon as I finish them rather than waiting until I get an entire season done. In addition, if you didn't know, that also gets you access to all of my shows 100% ad free. So again, that URL is patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. And without further ado, let's get to the next episode of 143 Pixels. Thanks for listening. The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker originally came out for the GameCube. It is uh, the 10th game in the Zelda series. It was developed and published by Nintendo. The game was directed by Eiji Aonuma. It was written and designed by Mitsuhiro Tanako and Hajime Takahashi. The music in the game is just beautiful, beautiful music. It was composed by Koji Kondo as well as his team of composers. The original release date for the game in Japan was December 13th, 2002. Now, this is one of those games where the the motto for my show really, really comes into play. If, if this is the first time you're hearing the show before, the motto of the show is that the resolution doesn't matter. You know, no matter what game you play, no matter what system it's on, the resolution doesn't matter as long as the game is fun. That's really uh, what it's all about. And uh, when this game was first unveiled at E3, people were very, very unhappy with the art style that Nintendo had chosen for it. Previously, Nintendo had shown off a very darker-themed Zelda trailer at Space World 2000. Uh, and, And in this trailer, it showed Adult Link fighting Ganondorf. It looked very much like um, the, the next version of Ocarina of Time. And a lot of people were really excited about that. I mean, Ocarina of Time is one of the greatest games of all time. So for us to see a game that looked like more of that was pretty exciting. So then when Nintendo made this switch to uh, this cel-shaded, more cartoonish art direction, it predictably angered many that were excited about what they had seen at Space World. Now, the reasoning that Nintendo gave us was that they, they basically argued it allowed them to give the characters better facial expressions. Now, personally, when I look at Wind Waker, when I look back at it, and when I look at it today, I still think it's one of the best-looking games ever, and it's because its art style is... It, it still looks beautiful today because of that art style. If you had taken... Uh, that you know what I dropped a link to the Space World 2000 trailer in the show notes. If you go and watch that and then come back, uh, I think you'll understand what I mean. Sure, at the time that video blew us away. We're like, oh my god, Link and Ganondorf—they look so real. I can't believe how cool that looks. I'm very excited about it. But if you look at it today, it really looks bad. Whereas Wind Waker, because of the cel shaded art style. You know, when they when they ported that game to the Wii U, I I was blown away at how beautiful it was. It's just such a gorgeous game. Uh, Bally and I talked about it, uh, uh, about this idea a little bit in the interview. Uh, let's talk about uh, how the game was received. When it was finally released, it, it did win high praise for not only its gameplay, but also its art style. 
you know, people finally came around. It earned a 96 on Metacritic. Play Magazine said that there is nothing that can prepare you for the greatness that is The Wind Waker. Mark my words, there will be no finer gaming experience this year. IGN said it's Zelda's unrivaled design, balanced and varied, and it's polished play mechanics and control that ultimately set the game apart from just about every other competitor on the market. Now, I was always happy with the way that Wind Waker looked, but I think over time, people have come to understand that Nintendo's design decisions for Wind Waker were the right ones, and it has since earned its place as a classic in the Zelda series. Now, I was looking for information about the game, and I found an old manual, and I want to read you this little blurb at the beginning to kind of set what is happening in the game. Long ago, there existed a kingdom where a golden power lay hidden. One day, a man of great evil found this power and took it for himself. And with it at his command, he spread darkness across the kingdom. But then, just as all hope died, a young boy, clothed in green, appeared as if from nowhere, wielding a blade that repelled evil. He sealed the dark one away and gave the land light. This boy who traveled through time to save the land was known as the Hero of Time. The boy's tale was passed down through the generations until it became legend. And then a day came when a fell wind began to blow across the kingdom and the great evil once again crept forth from the depths of the earth. The people believed the hero of time would come to save them, but the hero did not appear. What became of that kingdom? None remain who know. The memory of the kingdom vanished, and its legend survived on the wind's breath. On a certain island, it became customary to garb young boys in green when they come of age. Clothed in the green of fields, they aspire to find heroic blades and cast evil down, the elders wish only for the youths to know the courage, like the hero of legend. That kind of sets us up for what happens in the game. Link is one of those kids. He gets, it's his birthday. He gets a green tunic. He puts it on. His sister gets kidna uh, kidnapped, and then it's off to the races. He has to go save her and, of course, save the world at the same time. Um, a little bit of trivia about the game. The programmers did leave levels from beta and possibly even alpha in the game. And you can actually access these if you've got an old GameCube and this weird add-on that comes loaded with cheat codes for games. It's called the Action Replay. I, I guess you put it in the uh, save card slot and then turn on the game and you can access these, uh, these levels that were never supposed to be for us to check out. Um, the in interview with Bally... Look, this is a 20-year-old game. Sure, there are some spoilers in there, but I think it's okay. Nonetheless, I wanted to make sure that I warned people. It's nothing huge, but uh, I, I do think it's important that people understand that there are some spoilers in the, uh, in, in the, in the conversation that you're about to hear. All right, I'm going to play the intro to uh, Zelda uh, Wind Waker so you can hear uh, how the game opens up. And then when uh, when that ends, you will uh, hear me and Bally talking all about this game and why he decided to choose this one as uh, one of the games that he loves.
my parents' house to a flat that me and my fiance bought together. So I've been doing that in, in Edinburgh. Um, and yeah, busy moving, but uh, lots of IKEA furniture to build. It's, it's good fun. Well, thank you very much for taking the time uh, out of your very busy schedule to talk to me. You picked Wind Waker. How come you picked Wind Waker out of all of the Zelda games? Why is that the one that, that you wanted to talk about? Uh, it's probably a bit of a Zelda cliche, but I think a lot of people have a very special relationship with their first Zelda game that they play. And beyond just being the first Zelda game that I played, this was also kind of the first single player adventure focused game that I even completed. So, I mean, it was, I'm, I'm, I was, GameCube was the first generation of home consoles that I got from day one. Mm-hmm. And on and on launch, I got like Rogue Squadron, Luigi's Mansion, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, and all these games. And it was all kind of games I never beat Luigi's Mansion. These were other games where I just dipped into a bit, and I I was never someone who who played game from start to finish. And Wind Waker was kind of the first game where I picked it picked it up with the the Ocarina Edition, and I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna beat this thing. And it, I must have been about age 11, 12, 13, and it was just the first game that I beat like start to finish over the course of it took me a while obviously but like it, it's just one of those special games that that was my first feeling of a world to explore uh and to see a story from seen from start to finish uh and also it's just one of those games that i played so much with people like mbz growing up and a good friend of ours ali t he actually had this house up north well he still has it up north in the highlands and the thing about this house was there was no internet and we would just play on a rainy day. We just played Wind Waker <laughs> from the start of that game right through to the end of Tower of the Gods in like a single sitting in the space of like three, four hours. And it was just, just there's a lot of nostalgia like that I have for this game on top of all, uh, all these other memories. And it's just kind of that plus the fact that I think it's a great game that holds up really well. And until Breath of the Wild came out, it was my favorite Zelda like right, right up until then. So that rainy night up in the Highlands with uh, NBZ and Ali T and Bally, and you guys are up there playing this game. Did you yeah. sit down and say, "All right, let's let's play through this game from start to finish," or did you just load it up and you started playing, and then next thing you knew, the night was over? I mean, it, Wind Waker was already something I was very much into, and this was about trying to indoctrinate our good friend Ali T and try and get him into Zelda. And Wind Waker was the game to do that. And so he was the one playing it and we were just sort of guiding him through it. And it was just a case of that's the game that he suddenly played. And, all, and after that, he was on like a mission to play every single Zelda. And he actually, for a very long time, had played more Zeldas than me and MBZ. So yeah, it was just a case of this is an awesome experience that we want to enjoy together of exploration, open worlds to explore. And yeah, it's, it's just a really nostalgic thing. Was there a lot of uh, backseating or were you and NBZ exchanging glances across the couch like, oh, he's going to get screwed right here? <laughs> I mean, uh, it's funny to say that because NBZ traditionally was the guy backseat driving for me. Uh, and he, he, we'd print off guides of like the dungeons from GameFAQs in full, <laughs> and, he'd, and we'd sit there with a highlighter, and he would like instruct me just room by room by not even room by room, more like corner by corner of each room. Like it was just so 
slow paced and gradual and that was how we beat that game and then it was actually just myself and our friend Ali T in the Highlands and I was sort of backseating to him and I didn't have a we didn't use a guide or anything that time and he's actually is a really a pretty good gamer and like he knew what he was doing so it wasn't and I'd done up to that point to the girls like a few times like I have beaten this game like two three four times now total and I knew where to go what to do and it's just kind of he's, he's one of those guys who just picked it up really that's awesome. So uh, you said you beat it a whole bunch of times. Is there anything that as you were playing through that you noticed like the second or the third or the fourth time that you were like, oh, man, I missed this the first time uh, when I played through? That was really stupid stuff, just like the first time I'd go through. And it was this kind of moments where I think that the story is trying to say you need to go to this place at, or you can't get back in your boat now. You need to 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 complete this single thing on windfall island or something and the first time i played it i thought my game had glitched because i wasn't able to get back in my boat and start sailing and i i wanted and that's one of the criticisms maybe of the game is that it, it as open world as it feels at points in that game there are other points where it does feel very like you're, you're channeled massively into um doing a certain task and i think the more times I played it, I realized there's a point sort of after Windfall Island fairly early on in the game. I think you're told to go to Dragon Roost and you, you, that's a cool moment sailing to Dragon Roost. But I think it's after Dragon Roost, you go to Forest Haven. And I think it might be after that, that you can actually explore the whole map and like it just really opens up. And it's kind of like the more I played, the more I realized it was about, it was important to me to get to that point where you can just go to any island and just explore. And it was really there was a big gap where I hadn't played it and I played it actually when it came back out on the Wii U and I kind of thought like this is a great opportunity to play this game and I was intrigued to see how it, how it held up and obviously there are some things they did to that game to make it smoother like um, the, the the fast sail is a really great addition as much as I love the sailing it's quite cool to do it quick mm -hmm. uh, and then the Triforce pieces at the end they really make that a lot leaner and i really enjoyed that so i think getting to that point where the world opens up was something i appreciated more uh when i played the game again and again because i thought my game, my game had glitched just because it wanted me to kind of funnel down the, the 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 single player route at the start of that game what was your first experience with like did you go to your parents and say i want this zelda game or had, had they bought it for you and you didn't know what it was and you started playing it and you're like this is amazing uh how did that how did that uh acquisition of zelda happen for you i think it was like often i'd be at school and i'd be like mom i really want like this game and we'd either go after school together or she'd go and get it while i was at school like, even better like i did my work for me um and <laughs> i think for zelda it was one of these things where my mom was always one of these people where i might say right i really want that game and then she'd come back from like the game shop well game in the uk it's called and uh and she'd have like the guide to the game. So like Twilight Princess is a famous example. So she bought Twilight Princess for me, very kind of her. And she also bought me the uh, game guide, like the proper official guide. And uh, I sort of said, why did you get the guide? And oh, she said, oh, the guy in the shop said that <laughs> you needed this guide in order <laughs> to beat this game. And this happened for like a number of games and there was some game that it didn't even matter that you needed a guide it was not like an adventure single player game at all and she still got me and it's just like come on so i think this case was i was keen on zelda 
and I think I just said like I'm keen to pick up like Zelda Wind Waker and she picked it up and she actually picked up the the Ocarina of Time edition but I don't think without me even saying and I knew of Ocarina of Time and to me at the time Ocarina of Time didn't it wasn't what I wanted to play it wasn't like it wasn't the, the new hotness you know on the GameCube I wanted to play the latest hottest Zelda and I wanted that to be my first experience of Zelda so Ocarina never appealed to me in that sense and it wasn't until years later the 3DS version that I actually played Ocarina of Time so yeah I had said I'm keen to pick up Zelda Wind Waker and she picked up this Zelda uh, Wind Waker Ocarina of Time double double pack with the Master Quest. Uh, and I think it was actually a pre-owned version and it's got, yeah, the, obviously the extra disc. And I didn't know what to expect. And I'll admit it didn't really first grasp me the first time I played that game. It, you kind of have to get into it. And for me at the time, it was a very difficult game. And like it's it's a lot to take in. And... You've, I've gone back and obviously played it, and it's it's one of the easiest 3D Zeldas bar none. I definitely think it is on the easier side. So, yeah, I think it was tough at first, but I, I per- persevered, and it's that that sense of the sailing and the the open world feeling you get from it that just really hooked me, um, and went on and beat that game. So you wanted to play it because your friends at school were talking about it. They were all like, oh, man, no, this Zelda the, no, game is amazing. No, no. Yeah, this, that's the thing about the UK. No one plays Nintendo games over here. Like, it, and, and growing up, it was me and MBZ were a Nintendo island unto ourselves. And our good friend, Ali T, who we kind of converted into the world of Nintendo. For us growing up... Uh, Everyone owned a PS2. Everyone owned a PS1. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone, everyone only played games like Grand Theft Auto and FIFA and these kinds of games. And still to this day, British British friends of mine who play games, they play the Fifas, they play the CODs. They really don't even delve as deep, go as deep as stuff like God of War, Spider Man. So like, for us, it was really a case of magazines and online that taught us like this is zelda this is these are nintendo games and i think for my parents who were quite they didn't want me playing violent games like they they weren't they weren't overly strict about me not buying a ps2 or something but they were definitely happy i was keen to get a gamecube if that makes sense so they were very much like Oh, this is Zelda. This looks. I'm sure the cell shaded art style made them feel a lot, better, a lot better about the series. Um, so it was always kind of what I sided toward. And um, MBZ at the time hadn't played Zelda either. His first Zelda he actually played, I believe, although he'd backseated a lot for me with Wind Waker and with another friend of ours for Ocarina of Time. I think the first game, Zelda game, he actually beat. Uh, was Twilight Princess. Uh, so yeah, it, we w- we talked about Zelda unto ourselves through Nintendo magazines, but definitely not to the the wider gaming friends, perhaps in the at school at the time. You brought up the art style. How did how how did eleven year old Bally feel about that art style? Because at the time it was pretty controversial. I know that there yeah. were a lot of people who thought that the next Zelda was going to be this dark and gritty thing because right. of that i think it was a C- ces uh, thing that they yeah, showed space from world the, yeah uh, space world thank you 99 yeah 2000 i think yeah yeah um, so how did you feel when you saw it and you were like oh well this is definitely not the art style we were expecting but i mean a lot of people were very upset with it when it came yeah, out yeah i mean for 12 year old me who was just you know playing gamecube games and kiddie games <laughs> you know like I, I was at that point at that time i was playing stuff like burnout 2 mario party uh mario sports games like the golf and tennis like i 
I hadn't, I didn't play gritty or dark games at all. So it was definitely more opening, welcoming for someone like me at the time. And I'm horrible with like anything horror related. So not that Ocarina of Time is scary in any way, but like there are definitely darker moments along with games like Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, I should have said, sorry. And like, you know, Twilight Princess, there's definitely darker moments in those. And yeah, there's a dark moment or two in Wind Waker, I'd even argue, but it was definitely welcoming for me at the time and I was a big fan of it and it was not until years later I think I realized how controversial that art style was and I'm kind of glad that that art style has really stood the test of time and like you know Cell Toon Link he's now called is in um, Smash Brothers and like is a popular character in the Zelda series and uh, Toon Link's even been in like two three more Zelda games after Wind Waker so like at the time I loved it and Later, when I found out about the controversy, it, it made me happy that it stood the test of time and that, you know, actually Wind Waker is in many ways a precursor to some of the stuff later on, a bit like Breath of the Wild. Like it was, it really kind of, it did a lot of really cool things that have stuck around in Zelda in a, in a way. If you had to choose between an art style like uh, Wind Waker and an art style like Breath of the Wild, which one would you choose? Interesting question. Um, I think that had it been between Wind Waker and something more like Ocarina or Twilight Princess, I would definitely side with Wind Waker. But when you compare Breath of the Wild, see, Breath of the Wild is almost like a melding of different previous Zelda art styles. Like, it's a little bit cel-shaded, but at the same time, it's quite realistic in some senses. It's almost like a bit of Skyward Sword mixed in with there and maybe even a bit of Twilight Princess. And I think the fact that Nintendo went with the art style that they did with Breath of the Wild, just adding that little bit of, you know, cel-shadedness into it, I think makes it means that it will stand the test of time better than something like a Twilight Princess or an Ocarina of Time. Um, but I, I do think Wind Waker will stand the test of time art-wise the best, probably, just because of that stark contrast that, you know, self-shaded Toon Link has. Mm -hmm. But um, I'd probably go with Breath of the Wild, actually. I'm I'm still in love with that game and probably will be for, for quite some time to come. It's it's hard not to be in love with that game. It is it is mm. so fantastic. It's my favorite. <clears throat> excuse me. It's my favorite game of all time. It's just amazing. And I think um, it's mine too. Yeah, absolutely. And but Wind Waker, I, there's there's uh, there's something that's also really special about that art style that it, it, you've I'd never seen anything that holds up so well as, as Wind Waker's art style. When you went from the GameCube to the Wii U. And when I turned it on, I was like, good God, this was a GameCube game. I forgot how beautiful this game is and the expression that, 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 and this, that's the reason that they said that they wanted to go with this art style is the expressions right, yeah. on the face. Do you, do you feel like more games could benefit from going with an art style where everything is, um, pushed to 11 and cartoonish in order to let them manipulate the faces a little bit more yeah, I mean, in that way? I think I think the, the art style that they've gone for with Wind Waker and that use of the expressions really suits the quirky story that game has. Like, I think there are a lot of moments and it's a, it's, it's a very, 
a lot of that story is quite family friendly, but at the same time, for the darker moments, I think the facial expressions like really add to those moments as well. And and, and just kind of a more expressionful link almost wouldn't work in a game like Breath of the Wild, in my view. I don't know. I, as impressive as that world is, you don't really need to. You don't always need to know what Link's reaction is to it in the same way that I think it's quite charming that the way Toon Link reacts. And that's not to say there are some cutscenes and things in Breath of the Wild where I think Link's very expressionful. But I think I don't think there's many characters in video games that are as expressionful as Toon Link in Wind Waker. And I think that it just suits that pretty charming story of uh, you know discovery, going under the sea to find Hyrule Castle, you know facing Ganon, meeting Ganon for the first time. Um, on the Forsaken Fortress and just his reactions to all these different moments, uh, the Zelda reveal, you know, meeting Tetra and all these things. Like, I think that there's a lot of moments in that game and it does have a st- much stronger story than Breath of the Wild for sure. That's one area where I think Breath of the Wild is lacking in my view. But uh, Wind Waker is a cool Zelda story and I think an expression filled Toon Link uh, works really well with uh, what they were trying to do there. So you you kind of mentioned um, the darker moments in uh, Wind Waker. What are the? Because it's been <laughs> an exceedingly long period of time since I've played that. Um, what are the darker moments that you're referring to? And if we and if you can be vague, that's fine. But if you can't do it without, if you can't say it without being vague, then don't worry about it. It's a really old game. <laughs> All right. Um, it was just the. Uh... I've forgotten even what they're called now. It's like the zombie-like characters. You have them in Ocarina of Time, but they also have them in Wind Waker. And in Wind Waker, they shriek at you. And if you stand in front of them, they just scream. And they're also in one of the later dungeons. Um, I forgot the name of the dungeon, like the Under under the Sea dungeon. Are these the, um, the Gibbos? I can't remember what they're called. I think they're called no. Gibbos. Gibbos, yeah. Somebody's I mean, yelling they... at their phone right now. Why don't you <laughs> yeah. know? yeah. <laughs> And and there's like a handful of other islands where a couple of them appear and it's very, very small dark elements in this game in comparison to other dark Zelda games. It's just one thing that when I was a young gamer and it was like, wow, that is creepy. And it really freaked out um, a couple of people like me and MBZ who just cannot handle horror uh, in the slightest, uh, even now. <laughs> do, do you think that it was hard for Nintendo to pull off things that are creepy because of the art style that they chose. It's so pops off the screen and is incredibly colorful. Uh, do you think it's hard to, to have those dark moments with that art style? I mean, for me at the time when I met those zombie-like creatures that we were just discussing, it, it really felt like they'd nailed it, like it did freak me out. But uh, I think if I'd maybe been older going into that, Maybe it does make it a bit harder to to do something darker, uh, but I mean, even like the you know some of the facial expression expressions with like Ganondorf and and some of the bosses in that game, like it it's not it's never an overtly dark game in the same way like you know Twilight Princess definitely is overtly yeah. um, throughout. So I don't think they were trying to go for anything too dark, and I think they were just going with what the benefits of that art style gave them with Wind Waker, which of course, as we said, is like the expressions and just that that colorful open world that they um, they went for with the sea, the great sea. So you, you, this is your first Zelda. Um, it is. Did you more. know about, like, were you aware or outside of just a passing knowledge of, oh, that's a game on Nintendo is Zelda. 
Uh, were you aware of what Zelda was like as a game before you got it? Like, did you know who Ganon was? Did you know who Zelda was? Did you know that you weren't Zelda? That kind of stuff. Yeah, I think a big part of my video game um, learning growing up was actually through something like like Smash Brothers. So, like, I when I first played Super Smash Brothers Melee, which was the first Smash Brothers I played. I'd maybe pl- only knew, I only maybe like I knew of Link and Zelda, but playing that game, I don't think I would have known about someone like Ganondorf, for example, without playing Smash Brothers. It was only the only games I'd played that had characters represented in Smash Brothers were like you know the Mushroom Kingdom lot and um, maybe the, and like the Pokemon. But outside of that, I really didn't hadn't played much at the time. Um, so I think that. Smash Brothers was just kind of like this thing where, oh, right, that's Zelda. Okay, this is Sheik, and they transform into each other. Okay, they must be linked, you know, and then there's there's Link and um, Ganondorf, okay, and they're the Triforce. Okay, I get that they're linked, and they've, they're from a game called Ocarina of Time. Like, I knew all the, these things, but going into Wind Waker, and when you do go underwater and see Hyrule Castle, I thought, like, and I thought, like, the story of, when Waker did link to Ocarina of Time in a way, I just assumed that the beginning of the game and that that cutscene, which I think think to this day is a really cool cutscene, actually, like talking about another Zelda game in a different Zelda game. Uh, I I thought of that probably Ocarina of Time, not that I know what happens in that game, uh, but I know some of the characters. And then when you later go down to Hyrule Castle. Uh, I thought that was really cool and i didn't really link the two that that oh yeah that's the castle from ocarina of time i just thought oh that's a that's a castle okay fair enough um so i yeah i knew i knew zelda but i didn't know that like i didn't know that zelda was in in this game for example like i the tetra becoming zelda was quite a big surprise to me at the time for sure do you feel like things landed differently for you because you didn't have all of this experience with the game like for me I had played all of the Zeldas. Well, I, I uh, probably not any uh, the Game Boy Zeldas. I never really dealt with, but I had played all of the Zeldas up until that point. So for me, it was like I was going back into this world that I I adored, and I had this relationship that I had made with these characters over time. Do you feel like it was a vastly different experience for you having it be your first one? Yeah, I definitely associated myself a lot more with the 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 people you meet in wind waker like in the races you meet in, like the rito um and and windfall island and these places and and the the koroks and that kind of like they're they they are the first thing i generally think of actually when i think of zelda like wind waker is that for me in the same way that i'm sure a lot of the races in a game like ocarina of time or something might be for you but like yeah it definitely I didn't know about the Zora and the Gorons, and it wasn't until later that I realized, oh yeah, that one character in Wind Waker is actually a Goron, and he's like, he's like a traveling trader kind of person. I don't know if you know the one I'm referring to, and he's I don't remember because it's been too long, but go ahead. Been a while, but like he's he's the only Goron in that game, and then you actually find out, um, like later in the game when you're you're doing the second like the the dungeon with Medley, uh, and you realize that her ancestor is a Zora and you're like, that is really cool. I didn't, like, I knew, I didn't know of the Zora, but then I saw, oh, that's a Zora. I'm guessing that's a race in 
Ocarina of Time, you know, and then later knowing about Ocarina of Time and, you know, all the other Zelda lore. It's like, oh, that's cool. That's really cool that, like, it links up. And then, obviously, they they made it unexplainable by having Rito and Zora in uh, Breath of the Wild, which <laughs> really screwed up everything. But, uh, yeah, no, I, those characters were definitely what I, identi I identify with personally for Zelda. I, I always feel like... I, I feel like Nintendo, they just make a game and then they're like, lore be damned. We'll we'll just we'll let the internet nerds figure out the lore yeah. for us. Yeah. We don't have to worry about that. We're just gonna make a game that's fun. And I I, I I kind of appreciate that, but I also I really like how they just leave it for us to figure out. Like one of my favorite videos uh on the internet that I've ever watched, I can't remember who made it, but it was this three-part series uh, I think it was before YouTube honestly I could be wrong but it was like a oh, three-part wow. series about um the you know how the different Zelda games fit together the the the, the timeline and they were just guessing at it and it's a wonderful three-part series I think I think each video is like 40 minutes and it was so cool and I you know I would watch that probably once a year and then, you know, when Nintendo brought out their book, I sometimes I wonder if they watched that video and they said, oh, that's not a bad idea. Let's just go ahead yeah, and draw I these lines. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think that, yeah, I, I, it's a weird one. I don't, I don't think they plan long term for all the games to link up, but they definitely obviously plan for some games to link up. Like obviously Ocarina of Time into Wind Waker is a very clear link and the start of that game makes it so explicitly clear. And I like that. I love that. And then like you said, like I watched the the game trailer series uh, where they did a, a retro a retrospective of all the Zeldas and like talked about the timeline. And this was just before Twilight Princess came out, I want to say. Um, I think that might be the video I'm talking about. Yeah, no, that with like Brandon Jones and stuff, obviously like of Easy Allies now, but like I loved, me and MZ watched those like multiple times growing up. And uh, yeah, it's really cool just like seeing how it all links. And then I, 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 I like that it links. I know there are flaws, but it doesn't really bother me. I'm a, I'm a sucker when it comes for like lots of things linking together. Like I'm a huge Star Wars fan and these kind of things. Like when you can watch or play lots of games that all link together, um, it definitely, definitely is an appeal for me personally. Um, Zelda games, they're, they're kind of famous for the sequels not following the previous game. When you... Or did you end up picking up the 3DS games that were like direct? I don't know if they're direct sequels, but you know they were definitely related to um, Wind Waker. Um, talking about uh, uh, oh gosh, Phantom Hourglass, Thanks. Phantom Hourglass, Spirit, Spirit Tracks. Tracks. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I played both those games. I think they're. They're near the bottom of my list of like all-time Zeldas. I think I've played every Zelda game apart from one and two, and Majora's Mask and Oracle of. Can never remember which one I played and haven't played. I think it's ages I've not played and I've played seasons. But um, out of the ones I've played, definitely Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks are nearer the lower end. Um, I definitely preferred Spirit Tracks. Yeah, I. It's cool that they link to Wind Waker. I think it's. Uh, I don't know. They they really don't seem to 
they're really below that game in my mind of like how good they are and that is maybe a shame that there's not been something that's more i mean when i think in my mind of what's the most similar to wind waker it just breath of the wild just springs to mind like i just a lot of the feelings of when you're on that boat and going between islands and thinking i'm going to go to that point i'm going to do this next it does feel like you're in an open plane and in breath of the wild in a way obviously breath of the wild i think does it so much better but like I associate that game in my mind more closely to Wind Waker than I do actually the the games that directly leading after it um, in Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks. So earlier this year, um, Nintendo revealed Link's Awakening was coming to the Nintendo Switch as uh, a, a remake, a brand new uh, remake game, and and when they unveiled it. They, you know, they they had this scene where it was very anime inspired drawing. It was a, it was absolutely beautiful. And um, did were you fooled for a moment into thinking that this is Wind Waker two? Uh, I wasn't really just because I'd I'd played Link's Awakening before. Like actually, oh, okay. in the time of the podcast, I played it about four years ago. Actually, so it was fairly fresh in my mind and i kind of had seen enough artwork and i think it's actually like cutscenes in the start of that game where you see like the ship and the water mm-hmm. and the second the, the water was going in that clip i was thinking i don't know i didn't think it was zelda but then the second i saw the boat i thought it was linked to Link's awakening like i didn't i i'm, I'm afraid i didn't make the wind waker connection that time but uh th- no that is it came out i played it i really loved that game uh, i think Link's awakening is a cool game it definitely the first time i played it just about like four years ago it, it really stuck with me at the time it's like this is a, an awesome zelda and it's maybe not aged as well in my mind having both played like oracle of seasons after that and then playing the remake there are some frustrating elements and definitely better 2d zeldas out there in my my mind but yeah, it, it's still a really cool game. And I think that remake was just, they did a fantastic job. How, how do you feel about the idea of a Wind Waker sequel where we're back on the boat and on the water again? Do you think that, I do you think that that would hold up? Because I found like, I mean, you said it yourself earlier that when they remade it, they put in the fast sail because a lot of people would get pretty bored with the sailing part. Do you think that you could do a Wind Waker 2 today? It's hard. It's hard. I, I, I kind of don't think they could because I think the Great Sea um did a number of things for them i think from a plot perspective it was a cool idea and like the idea of hyrule flooded oh yeah go down and see the cat i think that's a fantastic idea i think that the zaniness of that idea maybe only works once but i think following up to that i think it's quite clear that the great sea was just a fantastic cloak in order to give the feeling of an open world where at the time I think you couldn't have rendered, you know, a world like we see in um, Breath of the Wild on a GameCube. And in order to make the world feel bigger, you could have these islands that were connected by a sea. And then you obviously don't have to rent. The sea is just like a sheet of <laughs> a sheet of blue that you're sailing <laughs> yeah. across. It's not it's easier to render, especially with that art style. I think it literally is a sheet just of blue. So I think that it, it it ticked a number of boxes for them at the time where they could do this cool thing with the plot. They could render in a really crazy large world. 
um and on top of that like you could sail around it and feel that sense of being open and i I agree like a lot of fans are divided on like the sailing and a lot of people find it very frustrating and i don't think i like to think nintendo sometimes learn their lessons i know that's a (laughs) they they don't a lot of the time but um i think on that one you know a lot of people said you know the sailing is uh boring or dry and and you know getting that fast sale the swift sale like it it does make a big difference and i i was fine without the swift sale i was i could happily sail around that world forever to be honest but um i just don't see them going back to something like that personally i think you never know there was like a there's been boat sections even in like breath of the wild skyward saw there's been boat sections i think going back to a huge sea unless you connected it to like some really large land masses like you have in breath of the wild which is maybe doable i think it's probably the last we've seen but who knows i think if you linked it to some big land masses i think that would be really cool because obviously wind waker that's maybe one criticism is like these islands you're going to a lot of them are very small and there's only a handful of islands that are actually bigger than any comparable um area of a game like i don't know ocarina of time or twilight princess like dragon roost windfall forest haven outside island and then i've i think i've already run out of big islands you know like it's really it is very sparse so i don't know i don't think they're going to go back to it no so uh, listen uh we've you talked about the things that people complain about for this game they complain about the visuals uh, although i think most people have come around and realized that they were just being kind of assy when they said that the (laughs) that the visuals were bad yeah uh and then they complain about the sailing and you're a fan of both is there anything about wind waker (laughs) that you think nintendo really could have done a better job on this Definitely in the original, the Triforce pieces at the end is a really uh, mean thing to do before a final encounter, a final boss. And that's an issue that I also criticize Nintendo for with like, I guess it's more retro studios actually with um, the Metroid Prime series. I've played the first couple of games in that series. And just before you get to the final boss, you got to go collect things. I think in any in any game, collecting a lot of things before the end is just... The worst idea like if you're gonna have any collection in the game at least make it a bit earlier on or preferably just don't have collecting things at all you know like dungeons are better than collecting things and, and these sorts of things and when waker famously had like a dungeon taken out um that was never put back in and was rumored to have been put into some other zelda game but who knows so i think that that's one area that could have been better and to be fair to them it was vastly improved in um the hd remake i think the hd remake is a real step up in that because i think the triforce stuff just seems to be a lot quicker and more efficient and it's still a bit annoying honestly but it's not it's not it doesn't leave a big sour taste in your mouth after beating the game which i think with a gamecube and game facts at the time back in 2004 <laughs> or three whenever i beat this game like that getting guides and doing stuff that way it was a real pain compared to the internet today to be honest and at the time it really was a bit a bit much so that's definitely one area i think wind waker could could get a bit better on so you've beat the game three, four times. You've bought the game at least twice. Yes. Are you going to buy it again if it comes to uh, another console? Are you going to be saying, uh, I want to be able to take this with me? 
Yeah, I, I would gladly play Wind Waker HD again on Switch. Um, gladly. I think it's just, it's it's a very comfortable game for me. It's just one of those games that I could just dip in, dip out. Um, it feels good. Like, it's a very, because it is a very easy Zelda, and it's pretty straightforward in where you need to go and what you need to do. Um and it's a short, it's a pretty short Zelda. I mean, even with all the Triforce stuff at the end, in that HD version, I think I could probably beat the game in like 14, 15 hours. And for a 3D Zelda, that's a pretty pretty speedy time. So yeah, I'd happily, happily pick this game up again. Awesome. Well, uh, Bally, I just want to say thank you very much for coming on the show and talking to us about one of your favorite games of all time. Each episode, I try and have my guest close out the show by saying our motto, which is resolution doesn't matter. Resolution doesn't matter. The theme song for 143 Pixels is Through a Cardboard World by Tony Lays. You can find more of their music at tonylays.bandcamp.com. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can find it at pixels143. And if you want to follow me, I'm at runjumpstomp. This show is part of the Giant Size Team Up Network. For more information, head on over to gstu.net.